0: The following talk was given at Mile High Church in Lakewood, Colorado. Please visit our website at milehighchurch.org. And so, yes, as we move into the message today, it is uh, the time where we're moving, this being December, into that Christmas energy, into the season uh, of light, the holiday season. Now, you'd think that this would be the most universally nurturing, joyful uh, peaceful and inspiring of all seasons, uh, a perfect way to end one year and to usher in another. You'd think that. And for some it's true. But for many, that ideal falls way short. Why? Two words. Holiday hysteria. <laughs> holiday hysteria in all its peculiar and plentiful and vexing form sets in. In some respects, I think it, it seems like an epidemic of temporary insanity sometimes moves into our, our culture in a way that can really rob uh, us of the potential and the beauty of this uh, season. came across this different version, and some, sometimes a little accurate, different version of the 12 days before Christmas that I thought I'd lay on you here. By the 12th day of Christmas, the holidays brought to me. 12 last-minute errands, 11 chocolate bonbons, 10 squabbling in-laws, 9 perfume samples, 8 re-gifted fruitcakes, 7 strings of tree lights, 6 cups of eggnog, 5 hours of sleep, 4 walnut cheese balls, 3 whining kids, 2 forgotten gifts, and a repeat performance every darn year. That's the way it is for so many. Now, by the way, uh, next Sunday in part two of this series, we're going to be giving you the opportunity. We're going to be equipping you with some material and, and uh, supplies. If you would choose to have a 12-day ritual prior to starting on December 12th, uh, prior to uh, Christmas, that you might find that uh, very meaningful. So you've got to be here next Sunday to get that, though. Not this Sunday. Yeah, repeat performances, isn't it? So often it's repeat performances of stress overload, Jammed schedules, infinite to do lists, um, excessive and sometimes hollow consumerism, and most definitely a kind of joy squashing exhaustion and and some people so get caught in the throes of all of that that um, they kind of lose it, and the holidays become the holler days, a lot of hollering going on. And then there are those that make it their mission to try to outdo Martha Stewart. And then usually those around them run for cover uh, when that goes on. And then there's the worries. It's all going to turn out all right. You know, will Uncle Clyde embarrass himself again this year? You know, will, will I get kissed under the mistletoe? Will the presents I give and receive be right? All these things. And as we experience that end of Christmas, that possibility, we begin to wonder if it really is meant to be that. You know, is it meant to be that? And yet at times we find that we're involved in patterns that are so difficult to break. And and, and so we wonder how how we can reclaim something more in this season. And and so we're called to something more, to, to find this deeper meaning in this time of light and and love. And so as I considered this This pattern, this syndrome of holiday hysteria, this whole notion of uh, a mindful Christmas emerged for me. So in two parts, we'll share this, maybe my gift of Christmas to you. Let's talk about mindfulness a little bit. There are two basic aspects of mindfulness. First of all, there is awareness, Always mindfulness calls us to an awareness, whether it's in the holiday times or in any pursuit of uh, the mindful qualities. It's to activate our awareness to the higher meanings and the higher truths of it all. Activating our awareness. And the second quality then is presence. Being fully present in the midst of this heightened awareness. Being fully present, so that we're not so caught up just in our doingness, but we're anchored in our beingness. Those are important. Awareness, what it's all about, really. And then presence, full presence from a sense of our beingness. So I want to offer you then today what I'm calling the three R's of a mindful Christmas. The three R's. And they are relax, remember, and renew, relax, remember, and renew. Now, when I told Erica that I was going to be sharing the three R's of Christmas before I could even tell her what they are, she said, well, I know what those are. I said, well, you do. What? She said, return, re-gift, and rehab. Those are just... That's my beloved right there. What What a gift in and of herself. But I do think I'll stick with mine um, for this. And we start with relax. Take a breath. You know, as we enter into this time which can be so busy, so overloaded, it's important to keep doing what you just did. Keep breathing. Keep in touch with that that ebb and that tide that when we get stressed gets so shallow and and then tightens our body and, and closes our heart. Keep breathing. Keep breathing through this time. Uh, In in our meditation retreat, we we teach uh, a breathing process, among many other things. And and so for a couple of cycles of inhale and exhale, breathe in and out of your heart. Breathe into your heart and breathe out of your heart, deeply. Breathe into the heart and breathe out of the heart. And already you begin to feel something shift within and your heart begins to warm and open. So breathe in and out of the heart. And then, then do a couple of series where you're breathing into the third eye right here in your forehead, the third eye, and then breathing out of your heart. So you're breathing into the third eye and out of your heart, thus connecting mind and heart into a unity. And that kind of breathing process can keep you open, chilled out a little bit, and some of you could really stand that, you know, a little to be chilled out, and to relax. So consciously relax, because I think that's going to be a real important ingredient in enjoying and getting the most out of this time. And you know, in that, that spirit of relaxing, understand this. It doesn't all have to be perfect. Oh, I felt the tension go through the room just write that. So for the you perfectionists, it all does not have to be perfect. If the spirit of it is there, all of the stuff does not have to be perfect. <laughs> I remember my first Christmas with Erica, and uh, we had fallen in love, or our marriage was in the works, and I also my um, adoption of the boys was in the works, my sons, and I, were, and I was so intent that that first Christmas be just perfect. And so one of the things I thought I'd do, all right, I'm going to take the boys and Erica out, and we're going to go get a Christmas tree, a live one, a live one. So we bought this live tree, and it was a massive one. I really was proud of it. Um, and, and we brought it home, and I um, just so that the water would flow up, and I cut the little end of it off, you know, like you're supposed to do. And then I took it in and put it in the, the pan that it sits in, you know, and the thing was leaning over. And I thought, drat. And, and so then I took it out and I cut another slice off the end and put it on there, and it was leaning over. And then I noticed that the whole spine of the tree kind of was. So I tried one more time, and it was still leaning over. And I was really getting frustrated and all of a sudden the light of brilliance shone and I went out in the garage and I got a big nail and I came back in, and I pounded that puppy into a beam in the wall there then I got some fishing line and I tied it around the tree and then yanked it over to that line got that thing straight Erica is it straight she said yeah and I tied that sucker off and Christmas was had and with the whole realization I didn't even care if the tree was tied to the wall we were going to be fine so So you know, it doesn't have to be, say it with me, it doesn't have to be perfect. Let it be spirit-filled, but it doesn't have to be perfect. And you know what, another thing that can help you relax is you really don't have to do what you don't want to do. Oh boy, I felt another little ripple through the room. (laughs) You don't have to do what you don't want to do. Did you know that the word "no" is a complete sentence? Yeah. For for many years, uh, my beloved mom, Delma Teal, who was a fine practitioner here, practitioner, and um, also was a board member on on the church board when uh, the vote center was opened up for the first time, uh, so devoted to this place, and um, we would uh, she would be one of the candlelighters who would help light the candles in our candlelight services each Christmas. And so when we finally got back to my house, and to Erica and the family, after the last Christmas candlelighting lighting service, um, you know, most of the kids were um, in bed and things were quiet and she, there was this tradition and she would always a couple of days out from Christmas go out to some um, produce store where you could order in good stuff and she would order oysters. And then the day before Christmas she would spend some time um, fixing this oyster stew and and then it was all ready to be heated up and we'd come home late after the last candle lighting service Christmas Eve and she'd heat that up and we'd have oyster stew. Sometimes Erica would join us for that and others who might be up. Um, well, then uh, in 2008, um, Precious Mom passed over. And uh, so for a couple of years, we maintained that. And then I remember a couple of years later, Erica said, well, I'm going to order uh, the oysters uh, for, for the stew. Um, she said, oh, you do want to do that. And all of a sudden, I paused. I said, you know what? I don't like oyster stew. (laughs) Nothing in me likes that. And with no disrespect to beloved mama's soul, I'd be just fine. We've not had oyster stew since. In fact, I don't think I've had a bowl of it since. So you see, as you relax into the season, find your joy... And you don't have to do what you don't want to do. And it doesn't have to be perfect. And you can keep breathing. Relax. And then have some time set aside to remember. We'll talk more about that next week. But remember. Remember what it's really all about. Uh, in, in Dr. Seuss's great little book, The Grinch Who Stole Christmas, there's that part in the story where the Grinch comes to the shocking realization that he really couldn't steal Christmas. And I love the passage. And the Grinch, with his Grinch feet ice cold in the snow, stood puzzling and puzzling. How could it be so? It came without ribbons. It came without tags. It came without packages, boxes, or bags. And he puzzled and puzzled till his puzzler was sore. Then the Grinch thought of something he hadn't before. What if Christmas, he thought, doesn't come from a store? What if Christmas, perhaps means a little bit more. To get in touch with that, for me, the deep message of Christmas is about spiritual transformation. It is about attuning to the manger of the heart and allowing something to be reborn there. A deeper remembrance of God's gift of love and of spirit in us, as us. To know that the life we're living is but just a tiny slice of the eternal life we're given. And the possibilities we're enjoying are just a tiny bit of the infinite possibilities given to every one of us. And that ultimately life is good, for it's the very breath of God. And that we're creative beings. It's to remember this. and, And to light that candle of awareness in the manger of our hearts. Our beloved founder, Dr. Ernest Holmes, put this so very beautifully. Here is the mystery of Christmas. You are a child of the universe, and there is no thing more wonderful than you. Your mind is the birthplace for the divine concept to be born. You are a light unto the world, a messenger of peace and joy. You are a herald of the new era. This is a time of turning to the lighted consciousness of limitless love which sustains the precious Christ within you. Limitless love. And so, this is all about that activated awareness, which is mindfulness, of what this is really about. And then, settling into that healing peacefulness that allows us to get a sense of the mystery and the majesty of life again. I mean, we just get so into the doingness, nose to the grindstone on the gerbil wheel of our lives, and we fall out of touch with what a miracle it is. It's mystery and it's majesty. And, And to be fully present to that and to know that it's right here, right now, not in a better time, not in a better place, not when we get more of this or less of that, but the right here, right now is the miracle, is the sacred. It's within us and all about us. Nikos uh author, told a precious story about a monk who lived in the northern region of Greece, and his dream throughout his entire life was to have a pilgrimage, to, to take a pilgrimage from where he was to the Holy Sepulchre. And getting there, his dream was to walk around the Holy Sepulchre three times and then kneel before it, and to return home a different person. And so he worked toward this goal all his life. He would beg in the villages nearby, and he would assemble what little bits he could until he had enough money later in his life, near his death, to take this pilgrimage. And so he prepared himself, and he opened the gates of the monastery, and set out with with great anticipation and joy But no sooner had he left the cloister walls, but he encountered a man in rags. A man in rags who was sad and bent over toward the ground. And that man said to him, where are you going, father? And the monk said, to the holy sepulcher, brother. By God's grace, I shall walk three times around it, kneel, and return home a different man from what I am. And the man asked, to do that, how much money do you have? And the monk replied, 30 pounds. And the beggar said, give me the 30 pounds. I have a wife and hungry children. Give me the money. Walk three times around me. Then kneel and go back to your monastery. Well, the monk thought for a moment, scratching the ground with his staff. Finally, he reached into his bag and he took the money and gave the whole of it to the man. And then, indeed, he walked three times around him, kneeled in honor before him, and walked back into the gates of his monastery. And, obviously, a deeply changed man who had realized that that beggar was entirely as holy as the site he was journeying to. And that that site was no more magical than where he was and a profound flow of joy was unleashed within the monk to me that's what we get to remember the sacred within us the sacred trying to shine out through the eyes of those around us the sacred in nature the sacred in the possibilities of our dreams and our vision to remember who we are And what we're about. And then that leads us to the third. And that is to practice renewing. Being available. To being renewed at depth. I mean we go through a long year. And sometimes we find ourselves kind of dusty. And sometimes bruised a little. And yet there's this renewal available. Especially through the heightened energies of of a season like this. Where we acknowledge the light. Of love everywhere present. And the Christ consciousness that can be birthed in every one of us. And we get a sense of that. And we can open to renewals in a couple of ways. First of all, the renewing of our connections. And secondly, the renewing of our commitments. I think those are both so very important. To in this time be available to renewed connections. A sense of greater connections with those in our sphere of life. Whether they're the ones we adore, the ones we have difficulty with, the ones we are distant from, or just those we want to connect with, or those who serendipitously find their way on the path of our lives, to renew through our connections, opening our hearts, reaching out. This is a season of reaching out, of reaching out, of opening our hearts and extending our spirits. So very healing and renewing. In the mid-90s, here at Mile High, I knew a wonderful couple. They were so alive. They were both in their senior years. So alive, though. They'd been married many decades, probably over 50. And yet they were so vital. And then all of a sudden, the husband died. He passed over. And I remember the widow, or she, that widow was just, but she was just barely clinging to a string. Didn't know how her life could go on. Now our teachings certainly helped her through that. And I'll never forget that she made an appointment as the holiday season emerged because it was her first time, her first one without him. And so she sat in my office and we both cried and uh, we're just with it that it's difficult and maybe some of you have had some losses and and sometimes as you open your heart you are also open to those feelings and that's that's a healthy thing and then as we explored that I just invited gently for her to explore what could be and then I'll never forget this beautiful lady had the most profound realization she said it's like a light bulb she said, you know, the capacity, my capacity to love is still here. Yeah, I don't have my husband to lavish this love on, but my capacity to love is still here. And I said, you know, that's powerful because that's what life is about. It's our connectedness, you know, and, and, and loving, not in theory, but in act, in action." And we did a prayer, and she left, and I felt that she'd be fine. She'd make it through the holidays, though it wouldn't be easy. And uh, what happened in the next months in the new year, as I was stunned to see that she really did take that bit and run with it. And she got involved in some activities, but the thing that really stirred her was she got involved in a home for runaway or abused teenagers. And she so showed up with joy in there that she became, over the many months of her work there like she became the grandmother that a lot of those teenagers had never had and she loved them and they loved her and even though there were still moments of sadness for her and pain uh, she, she was standing on the strength of love and its fulfillment and now she too has passed over but man she left with me a legacy of the healing power the renewing power of the love that connects us all. So check into your connections. And what calls to you at this time that invites so much heart-centered love? Stephen Levine, he says, if you were going to die soon, now think of this, if you were going to die soon and had only one phone call you could make, who would you call? Hmm? Who would you call? And what would you say? And then he adds, and what are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? So it's the renewal of our connections and then the renewal of our commitments. The refiring. Building up the fire and the zeal for what we care about in our lives. And and knowing that we're an outlet for for the energy that can prosper and and advance the things that we care about in our lives. Of course, our families, our our friendships, our associates, our values, the the things that matter to us. To use this time as a time of recommitment on the cusp of a brand new cycle that your commitments are going to thrive even more fully. And there's renewal energy in that. Now, I want to make something clear. Yeah, I'm stepping into a new chapter um, in a couple of months in next year. But I am just as committed to my High church. Erica and I love this place. And uh, I mean, I've been coming to my High church for almost 50 of its 60 years of existence. First as a teen and then in the ministry. I love this place. I am committed to my church. I believe this is one of the most extraordinary ministries and spiritual communities anywhere, anywhere. And if you're new here, you just hang out for a while and you'll get a sense of the power and the joy and the the nurturing and and the energy and the spiritual skill sets that are available right here in this place. So Erica and I will be hanging out um, and being with you, but our commitment is here. I see that Mile High is like a deep and powerful seed that was planted 60 years ago in 1958. 60 years ago. And that seed has been bringing forth more and more richness. And and what's going on now is a new branch amid the flourishing of this that will produce new harvest. But here's the deal. We all got to water it. Every one of us. And this isn't a let them do it. No, every one of us we're a part of watering that seed because it gives us so much and it gives so much to a world. Don't, don't you get how much the world seeks this stuff? How many people are out there seeking this kind of stuff? isn't it clear how many people are seeking a a place they can come a teaching they can dive into that tells them they're not a worm of the dust but that they're God's child they're a sacred idea unfolding from God don't you think people are looking for a place where we're not making people wrong or making other faiths wrong but we're seeking to build bridges don't you think people want to learn how to create something better and higher in their life and pass that legacy on to their children don't you think people want to help create a world that works for everyone that's what we've got I love it. And I'll still stand for. I don't know what kind of teaching or, or spiritual work I'll be doing. I'm waiting for that to show up, and I'll follow that guidance, but I will always be here in some way and committed to this place. And I will, you join me. Let's water that seed. Now, you know, since I made this announcement, the funds have been down a little bit. Now we just need to go into our hearts and take care of this gang, right? It's easy to do because as we give, we receive. So I just leave that with you and your prayers. And yet what's the deeper thing? Is that our renewal is through our connections, the love we feel here, and the commitment that we're a part of something great and good. So my, my message to you this holiday time is you don't have to get pulled into holiday hysteria. You can create a mindful Christmas. It's about awareness, it's about presence, and it's about those three R's. You gotta relax. Take another deep breath. Relax. Remember what it's all about and who you are, and then renew your connections and your commitments. And you'll go from holiday hysteria to holiday heaven. Eric Severide, the great broadcaster, once said, As long as we know in our hearts what Christmas ought to be, Christmas is. Thank you for listening to the Mile High Church podcast. This podcast is made possible by the generous contributions from listeners like you. If you'd like to make a donation, text 720-230-1404 or visit us at milehighchurch.org.